Ooh, I am just ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nadia. <laughs> and I'm Isaac. And welcome to the table where everyone gets to take a seat. Oh, that was weird because you started. I wanted to be bold this week. I was like, you know what? <laughs> Let me not even wait. Yeah. Let me not wait. Let me just take up the space I deserve. Never wait for a band. Mm. <laughs> Don't do it. Mm. Never do it. That's, it's not worth it. Just take initiative. Soul. Do your own thing. Yes. Live your best life. Don't even listen to the advice I'm giving you because I'm a masculine presenting person. Right. Just like do what you want. And if what you want is to just take up the space that a man would usually take up, like do it. Snatch it. Fucking do it. Like a wig. Off the head. Boom. That was too good. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to happen like that. That wasn't rehearsed. It's not in the script. It's not what we had written down. But anyway, Nadia, how are you? Girl. (laughs) I'm just hanging on by a thread like every day right now. But you know what? We'll get into that. But like, that's where I'm at. That's like my official check-in with myself. I am really struggling. I have a really awful headache right now, but I'm Mm. pushing through. I'm drinking water. Hydrate. Hydrate always. Um, And I'm just like trying to think of this moment and not all of the ones to come that'll probably give me more anxiety. Look, I was um, like this weekend and like literally after Thursday, we hung out on Thursday. And then after that, my wife just spiraled. (laughs) And so... Right now, I'm just like, if I'm getting my basic needs met, I'm doing more than enough. You are. And that's it. That's like, I'm like, you eat, did you eat food? Did you drink some water? Did you try? Did you <laughs> you're try. doing good. Like, you're doing okay. Right. But and if your try is literally like, did you think about leaving bed? Shit, you did it. Exactly. You did it. And watch that anime. I see you watching that anime. You know good well. I have been killing my anime watching game right now. Like, I was... <laughs> I was waiting for Nadia to tell me what I wanted to do. Like, I think it was Friday. Friday, We were going to go out, and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to watch the anime until Nadia tells me I need to leave my house. Mm -hmm. And I'll leave then. (laughs) But any other point in time, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to watch Bleach and pretend like my life is normal. (laughs) Yeah. That's the way to be right now. But anyway, Mm. let's talk about something that'd be cool. So instead of having a business of the episode, we're going to talk about a person of the episode, a person that we both know and love. His name is Sam Ahmed. Yes, Sam. We love you. We love Sam so much. He's the best. Um, I just like, I can't explain to people how I met Sam because I feel like that's going to give away about my personal life and who we are as as people. But Sam knew Nadia and then that's how me and Sam and Nadia became the three best amigos in the whole entire world. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Yeah. We're the three best. Okay. Yeah. Um, but why are we talking about Sam Isaac? So what we went to go see last Friday, was it last Friday or two Fridays ago? I think it was two Fridays ago. Yeah. Two, two Fridays, Fridays ago. ago. We went to a performance called Hatch that was in Fremont at what was the Fremont Abbey Center? Yeah, the Fremont Abbey Center. And it was a compilation between local artists and local dancers and other people who do performance art. And they were combined together to make beautiful dance pieces. And Sam was like, yo. y'all have to go like to my thing and I was like okay we'll show up because we support friends because that's what we do and especially Sam because Sam is like the best dancer in the whole entire world yes I'd seen Sam in another showcase uh, I think it was like last year probably 
And I was so blown away. And so I knew that we had to go to this one, too, because I knew that it would be just as magical. And this time Sam was doing spoken word. Exactly. And we had to be there. A multifaceted bitch. That's my kind of bitch. Right. She was (laughs) out there. I was, like, so impressed with the way that Sam handled himself and just, like, He's like killing me because it's like Sam is such a cool person. He just like shows up to places. And he's like, "Hey, I'm here. I have like five million friends. I'm talking to everybody." But he finds time to like talk to you and really like focus you in and center you, and make you feel like you're the center of the world when you're talking to him. I'm just like, I don't have this ability. I can't be that person. I can't, I can't have five and a half million billion friends and then also pay attention to all of them. But Sam can do that. Sam sees us <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm like, like we were talking about, I'm going through so much this weekend. Sam was like, hey, do you want to go get food? Let's talk about your life. And I was like, but he has so many other things going on, but he carved out time for me. I feel special. I feel cared about. And then it was like, he would text me and he'd be like, you and me and Natty are going to get you through this time and this hard time. And I was like, you right. I feel secure. (laughs) I feel more secure than I need to be. I'm so glad Sam mentioned me in that because that's just like. That's just fact. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will always be pulling through for you. Now, I need Sam to come in here with us, and we're going to do an episode with Sam, and people are oh, going to yeah. realize how great Sam is. So let's go back to Hatch, because <laughs> we could probably, like, talk about Sam for hours and just the beauty of Sam, the person. Yes. But let's talk about Sam, the artist, and his piece called Soup. Oh, my gosh. So I wasn't even prepared for, like, his spoken word poetry. I don't think I, I had like, nothing. I had nothing to, like— Compare it to, I didn't know what it was going to be like. And Mm. I was, well, I was very emotional. No, I like, I didn't cry, but I like, because I was in public and there was a lot of strangers around me. Mm. But like, if I was by myself and I was watching this like at home through like my phone, I would have been in tears, which I have done afterwards because I recorded all of it. Same. I was just (laughs) watching it today and I was like, let me just relive this experience by myself. Um... And it's a beautiful expression of mental illness. Yes. um, Which is particularly relevant for us right now. Exactly. And I don't know, like, there's just such, like, poignant words in the piece that really, like, I'm trying to think of a few things that came came through for me. Like, there's, oh, like, um, like, control the pain, don't let the pain control you. That's a line in it. And, like, wow. I, I don't know. I I think about this a lot because mm. it's like you should be able to overcome this illness. You should be able to like take over and reframe and be happy and just like move through. Right. Um, and there are a lot of doctors telling you that you can. But like it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like that in that moment. And I feel like the way that Sam like talked about the experiences with his like gown and like his medical gown and like what it looked like. And even whenever the dancers would like yell out the portions of the poem, like talking about like them not feeling some kind of way or them Mm -hmm. like not feeling safe or something or secure or like normal. It was just kind of like that hit me in my chest really hard. Cause it's like, I feel that almost every single day. Like I feel like, because, like, my mental health isn't there, I feel like I'm a burden. I feel like I'm a problem. I feel mm-hmm. like it's me. And I know, like, yeah, my brain's not healthy, and this is, like, something that I, like, need to, like, work through and, like, heal. But at the same exact time, like, don't tell me I'm broken when I f- you're not going to give me the pieces to fix me. Right, right. And, and that's, like, uh, that's, like, what I felt about it. It was, like, reclaiming that identity of, like, my mental health isn't together, and I'm still going to make it work, but it's not going to be the way that you expect it to be. Right. Yeah, and I liked—it's it's wonderful because I think um, 
it did a really good job of speaking to like what you might personally feel about it. So like a lot of that was like, wow, I have these feelings about myself, but also like how other people see um, people with mental illnesses, yeah. like the fact that you can just make it better by microwaving it and adding croutons, like to make the soup better. I think that's like my ex was, you know, like God, God help him. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> God, God help. Him. He didn't understand. He didn't understand depression. He really didn't understand what it was like to be with somebody who is diagnosed depressed. Like right. it doesn't go away for me. It comes back all the time. And a lot of it was like maybe if I just remind her what she should be grateful for, or like, like it's like no, no, no. I understand. I understand that I'm doing really well. I understand that I'm successful. I understand that like my life is beautiful in so many ways. And. <laughs> It feel like I, sometimes it just feels like the world is crushing me for no reason. That's just the way it is, and like you can't just throw in these good things, mix it all up, and make me better. Exactly. And that like that piece just on that day was it just like hit on the head for me. Oh my gosh! It like carried me through the next week. Honestly, like it was one of those like beautiful things, and like. Um, we'll post it on our Facebook yes. like page um, with Sam's permission, which I already asked, and Sam said yes. So. Oh, and we got to plug his Insta. Do you want to try spelling Oh, my gosh. Yes, I got this. I got the spelling. I can do this. So it's at A-A-H-M-E-D-S-A-M. It's basically his last name and his first name switch places. With an extra A at the front. With an extra A at the front, which I'm still trying to understand why it's like that. I've asked him multiple times. He's never given me a straight Maybe there's another Ahmed Sam. Like, that doesn't seem like it would be that outlandish. No, I don't Not that I'm trying to make you feel like you didn't think about all the I did think about that. I did think about that, and I just refuse (laughs) to, like, believe that there has to be another reason. Sam is too much of a creative to not have another reason why it's like that. Right, because if somebody else has that handle, you should buy that person out. Claim that handle. You're the one and only Ahmed Sam. (laughs) That needs to be known. I'm just kidding. Don't do any of this. But, yeah, his Instagram is dope because it has a whole bunch of, like, dancing videos and some of his art and like his pieces and stuff like that and I just like really appreciated him and I wanted to give him a shout out because he deserves it and I love you boo you the best wow I feel like nothing I can say would compare (laughs) but hopefully we'll get Sam on the podcast sometime in the near future there are so many people we want to get on here so many people but um hopefully you'll get to hear from Sam the artist himself yes exactly but anyway let's jump into the schedule yes so you know if you haven't been here before, we have a tentative schedule that we keep to because we like to eat at this table and it needs to be done a certain way mm. in a certain manner <laughs> that we like. And I know this is a little demanding and controlling, I feel like because I'm a masculine presenting person, it might seem a little oppressive, but we're just going to have to roll with it today. And honestly, I agree with that. Okay. We so, can do this. Yeah. I co-signed it. Right. So first, we're going to start in with Dig In, where we talk about something that we're processing through. Um, which right now is rum gold, but we'll get into that later. Oh, we'll get into that. You guys won't even know what to do. (laughs) Like, you won't know what to do. And honestly, you're welcome for the gift that we're giving you that rum gold gave us. But anyways, what's the next (laughs) segment? What's the next segment, Isaac? (laughs) The next segment is the grown folks table, which is the topic of the day where we're going to jump into mental illness because... It's relevant as fuck. (laughs) A little relevant. It's relevant as fuck, like almost all the time, but particularly the last two weeks, two months, three years. I don't know. My whole life? Yeah, that's true. Oh, gosh. Um, then today, who made the greens? 
which is listener letters, which we got a letter for another like question from the beautiful human Cody Charles. Wow. And I'm so excited to answer it. It's like really chill and it's not gonna like be I like guess. super introspective, but we can make it introspective if we, we want. Will. To. We, I will. Know we will. Actually, no, I don't wanna say that because if we don't, people are gonna come back and be like, you did it. No, we will. I know us. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then can I get a to-go plate where we wrap things up and talk to y'all about Daniel and what he's wearing? It's good today. Mm-hmm. It's going to be real cute. I can't wait <laughs> I can't to talk to you all about it. <laughs> uh. So let's dig in. Yes. Rum Gold. First, <laughs> shout out to Nadia for being the plug. I didn't even know that I could make that experience happen for us. Like, okay, I'm cool. I know this. <laughs> you I'm are in cool. a weird way. Like in a way that's like it's not gonna be like the most hype thing in the room, probably to everybody, but it's like, oh, I'm kinda interested in her because she's kind of weird and funky and like I just need to know more. That's the kind of cool I am. Mm -hmm. Like, you just got to know more. So anyways, I knew I was kind of cool, but I didn't know that I was cool enough to be, like, invited to, like, this invite-only pop-up show and then be able to bring whoever I want to put them on a list for us to get in. Like, and so I was like, you know what? That's, like, that's, like, my proudest accomplishment probably to date. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was, like, so wild. And, like, shout-out to also Ben. Um, Benjamin Verdos, oh like such cool people. What a beautiful Seattle musician who deserves like all the flowers. All the flowers. Um, Ben put together this pop up listening party thing. I like did not know what I was getting into. The first act came up, and I was like, "Yo, this is like what I asked for." And Nettie goes, "This isn't the person we came to see." I was like, oh, "There's more." Like yeah. I like I was so you got amazed. By the opener. Yeah, I was like amazed every single moment because the opener was so good. It was beautiful and like yeah. very like. Like, I don't know, like, when I think of the guitar style, it was, like, very sunny, Mm -hmm. very sunny and bright, and just, like, I don't know, just, like, a very easy listening kind of happy thing to... It was, like, California, like, summer vibes, like, beach vibes, summer beach vibes. Yeah. It was very, like, I would be out doing some stuff with my friends, and, like, it'd be a montage of my life, like, something happening in a TV show if I had one. And I'd be wearing these, like, really, really like obnoxiously big sunglasses right. and like bright colors and probably a bold lipstick mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken and like <laughs> and like probably cute sandals and just like the the wind would be blowing my hair and right. people would be taking these candid photos that would surface on the internet years from now and, and we wouldn't would even like, know it was there wow. we'd just be like damn they She's were living their best life been beautiful boom Mic drop. So that was the opener. <laughs> and that was the opener. And I think his name was, it wasn't Ibu. Ibu, yeah. It was Ibu? Ibu was the stage name. Ibu was his We stage don't know name. why. We don't know what his government name was, but. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't know his we don't. government We didn't name. even ask any questions. We no, we just were like, oh, Ibu, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and like just moved on. Mm-hmm. And then we were standing next to these beautiful black humans. They were standing gorgeous. to the right of us, gorgeous, flawless. There was this woman who was rocking this Coca-Cola jacket, and I was like, "Sis, go off." And then she took off her shirt or off her jacket and had a shirt that said HNIC, which stands for Head Nigga in Charge. And I was like, "Oh my god, who are you?" <laughs> Honestly, I think we do know who she is. She's the, the head, head nigga, nigga in, in charge. charge. Like and it was clear. It was clear. She but like, talk about Talk about the man in the blazer, the cool man. 
he's the grandpa I want to be when I grow up. I think we all want to be that grandpa. I never would be able to walk out of my house and look like him right now, but I know in 30 years, I could try. I think you could do it. I, I think could you try. could do it. Listen, like 30 oh years, think about the life experience you're going to have. Like, you're already pretty damn cool. You could reach that level. I mean, it's clear that we're not there yet. No, We not have at all. room for growth. Because he was just like, though, like, he had vintage clothes that I know that he owned yeah. up until that point. Yeah. Like, that's what got me was like, he looked that cool just because he could. Yeah. And he, it's like, who wears a tank top with a blazer? That man. That and it man. looked beautiful. Yeah, it was a wife beater. Oh, my God. I and, couldn't breathe. <laughs> and, uh, and a blazer and some dark jeans that were cuffed. Um, he just made it work. And he I, made then the he had, whole thing work. And then there was like a squad of them. There was like him and the other guy who was standing next to him who was like right. fairly younger but like looked cool in a very different way. And then there was another one who looked very cool in a very different way. And it was like a, this eclectic version of like what I expect Lawrence to be if it was diverse. Mm. Like that's how the people in Lawrence would wow. be if it was hella diverse. Like if there were a lot more black people. Right. And it was like a, it was like a room of looks. Just like you would be like, I want that outfit. Oh, I want to look like that on a different kind of day. I want like it was just like a room of the most impressively dressed people ever that yeah. I've ever experienced in real life. And so within this impressively dressed circle mm-hmm. yes. was Rum Gold. Rum Gold. None of us were aware. <laughs> we were I was literally just like I bumped into him at one point and said excuse me and brushed him off like he was not important. Wow. And I felt bad. I mean, he looked important. Like, he looked so cool. You guys cool. need to go to my Instagram to see what he, like, he looked good. He was wearing a striped shirt from his mom, Melissa. Melissa. Who got it from Dress Barn. And I'm stuck still to this day. I need to go to Dress Barn because I, I want to look like him. My aunt goes to Dress Barn. She was there yesterday. I talked to her on the phone about it. And I was thinking, you've been doing it right for so long. And you've been telling me that you love Dress Barn. And I didn't listen to you until Rum Gold. Right. He's just... Rumgold was amazing. He did. Let's start off. Let's just go right into it. He jumped in. What was the name of that song? I knew what the song was. Fix Fix Me? Or it's Fix. I can't even remember. It's like an old school song. The first one he did. It was just... Anyway, I don't even want to talk about the song. I want to talk about his cover of Plastic. Let's get to where I want to go to. I know. We got to skip ahead because that cover was the most... I told him this because I had to. I had to go up to him afterward and I said, this song was made for you. Only him. Like, Moses Sumney killed the song. The song is the most beautiful song. We've already talked about it on the podcast. Right. But... This cover was so beautiful, and I have the whole thing recorded. No, because yeah, I was just like, "Oh, the song is coming on. I just need to. I just need to have this for my own records." And it was the most beautiful cover I've ever heard, and I felt like sobbing afterward. I didn't because we, we were in public, were public by strangers people. with a lot of cool people, <laughs> and we're not, we wouldn't be cute crying too. No, I would be word. like, I would be oh, just God. like wheezing. I'd be wheezing. I've never wheezed before, but I think I would that day. <laughs> <laughs> because of the experience I was having. Because I was also, it was like a beautiful, intimate space. And a right. lot of us were sitting up front. And um, and so we were like sitting. So I was like in the probably second row of people sitting, watching him with a beautiful like shot of him with my with my phone where I was recording everything. And um, yeah, it was, it was very like, it actually, I was sitting kind of separated from Isaac and a few other friends that I, I was brought. Hurt. I know, but also also it felt like a private experience that I needed. Like I just needed to be in my own feelings about it. Right. Um his voice is like 
this the, what I pictured Silk. and what right what I got was this mixture between Moses Sumney and Daniel Caesar in the best qualities of each one of and them and her yeah and her like oh yeah. my god it's like I like I played his um the video recording that I had of him of him singing plastic mm. and I played it at work today and I was like hey y'all like this is like Rumgold and he's amazing like his music like you wouldn't know what it is but he's saying plastic by Moses Sumney and like one of my coworkers was like oh yeah you talked about how you love Moses Sumney at Bumbershoot I'm like but this isn't Moses this isn't Sumney. this isn't Moses Sumney and she was like wow like he sounds amazing. I played her plastic because she'd never heard it before. And she was like, I like his version better. Wow. And I was like. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I can't fight you. It was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But then also his original songs, like his original songs are so good. And he only has two out on the Internet. So, like, please go listen to them now because it doesn't take any time. They're on everything. And um, I checked. <laughs> Where There's Smoke. I currently listen to it about 10 times a day. It's like my feelings. It's all of my feelings in the voice and the tone that I want in my head. Like, it's just, I don't know how you could listen to it and not start wheezing. I'm just kidding. Don't wheeze. But, like, you know, cry. (laughs) Cry, bitch. Like, it is so emotional. And it, like, hits you exactly where you want to be hit in a non-aggressive way. No, it, like, the way he talks about, and the imagery in it, like, I'm still thinking about how, like, this, like, person, whoever, because there's no, like, gendered, like, things about it. It's like this person came into his life, messed it up, and set fire to the forest that he was in, and the, the, the smoke is the ending of this, like, beautiful relationship that he thought he had, and I'm like a mood. This could be a relationship, a friendship, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that happened with your family. This could be like discrimination. This could be anything, like work. Like it could be anything. And I was just like, I don't, I don't need this song right now because I don't need to cry any more than I already do. But I, I listened to it, it all Sunday and it brought me straight out of my like spiral. I needed that song. Oh I God. wanted to cry for that song. It was just it's an it's incredible. I've never fallen in love with an artist so quickly, probably. Especially when that's just like like I talked to him about like I was like, Oh, so this is like a stop on your tour. Like you're probably touring right now and he was like, This is like one of my first like big things and I'm just like, That's like not even fair. <laughs> like he's gonna I really truly think he'll blow up overnight. Yeah. Um, well. And you guys need to start listening to him now because then later on you could be like, I heard him before he was famous or right. whatever you no. guys like to say. I, I need y'all to like circle back and be like, oh, yeah, the first people to talk about Rumgold was the Table podcast. Now we're doing it. And I'm like literally <laughs> about to be like, hey, Benjamin, let, like Rumgold listen to this. I can't even remember his government name. I think about that. He Dante. told us. Dante. Dante. Is it Dante? Yeah. I was like, I didn't want to say it yeah. wrong. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm Nadia thinking like, I'm a dweeb, but like, please talk to me because you're amazing. And he was just like, Dante. And I'm like, wow, you're amazing. He, it was the best <laughs> hug I ever received. It was like when I got hugged by SZA. Like, I don't know what it is about people. His who, energy. Like, it was just like, he hugged me. He was so nice. The whole picture fiasco that we were having. I was like, I need angles. And yeah, he, you took like a hundred photos of me and Dante. I just wanted to make sure you had a good photo. You know who I am. And, and honestly, <laughs> I was appreciating it and pretending to be embarrassed. I was like, oh, don't mind my friend. But in my head, I was like, get the shot. <laughs> get the shot or go home. And I won't bring you back to these kinds of things. It was one of the most important moments of my life. And then when Rumgold put his hand on my back, I was like, 
wow, that was the comfort I needed right now. Mm -hmm. And honestly, think you knew. <laughs> no, the way that like when he was talking to you, he kept like reaching out to your shoulder and you were just like, like every time I was he touched amazed. you, I, I think saw I missed, you like lift. I missed like, some of what he was saying because I was like, this is what I needed. I just needed a genuine conversation with a beautiful, beautiful person who just, I don't know, who's just like out here like us trying to ex like be vulnerable. And make it. And make and it. Just and make just it. make it. Oh, God. And now, like, following his Instagram story, it's, like, killing me. Because he'll, like, he's in L.A., I think, right yes. now. And I, like, see, I was, like saw his Instagram of, like, story. And he was just sitting somewhere. And it's just a picture of Benjamin. And I'm just, like, I know these people. Right. I know that these are my friends. This is it. Like, this is this is who we're out here for. Oh, gosh. I, like, love it. It was such a good experience. He just, his new music, go check him out. Like, go, go follow him on Instagram. It's literally rum.gold. Like, mm -hmm. R-U-M-D-O-T. T G O L D. Like And then like if you search that SoundCloud will come up. You can find it on Spotify. Yeah. It's also on um Apple Music. Like it's like everywhere. we searched everywhere to see if there was probably any additional songs because that's uh, my method. That's exactly. what I was doing. I was on YouTube <laughs> working hard. Same. I was working hard to see I if like, I got anything else. But like literally, this was his first like stop on any kind of tour. Yeah. And he's gonna blow up. Like I don't care what any of y'all say. Rumgold's gonna make it and I love him. And Dante, if you're listening to this, you the homie, please come back and hang out with us. I really just wanna go thrift shopping with you. And I wanna keep taking photos with you. Um that's weird though because <laughs> when I went up to him I was like, can I take a photo? I felt really weird about it. And he was like, I'm not good at taking photos. But yeah. And I was like, me neither. We're going to be in this together. And he looked comforted by that. And I like that. I like that we were both admittedly not good at what I was asking us to do. But we came through. We produced a really wonderful photo. It's such a good photo. And like, I like that he was like, I should practice for if I have to take photos in the future. And he will. He, he will. will. He will. And like, just know that he started practicing with you. With me. And nailed it. Oh, he killed it. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, anyway. I think we should stop fangirling. I think we've done absolutely the most. But yeah, please go check out Rumgold. Yeah. He's the best. Shout outs to Rumgold. Always. So, we're at the Grown Folks Tape Up, and we're talking about mental health. Why? Because it's important, and because it's very present in our lives right now. When is it not present in our lives? Yeah, though? mental health is a constant for everyone. Right. But bad mental health or, like, not favorable mental health, because I don't like to put, like, labels of, like, yeah, good and bad. bad on it. It's not bad. It's just not helpful. Right. It's just, like, not what you're going for. No. I would like to call this mental health not what I'm going for. Exactly. It's, like, so weird, because I remember... One of my best friends back in the day, when I was like, back in the day, literally not back in the day, we're still best friends. I don't know why I said what yeah, I said. Yeah, but maybe you like befriended them back in the day. You're thinking of old times. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, that would be bad. But they sent me this um, Instagram post, and it was like, it's not that your friends hate you and nobody loves you. It's that your brain isn't working right. Oh, that's real. And I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> nobody is wrong yeah and it's difficult because i think a lot of the times not a lot of people have candid conversations about mental health and mm -hmm. like the struggles that go along with it and like what that looks like for each individual because like we have so much stigma wrapped around it and like everybody's like you have to be okay you have to pretend like you're okay you can't cry in public you can't show any emotions you can't be vulnerable you can't let people know how they can hurt you because they'll take advantage of you and i don't think 
that's the case. Like, people can be evil and do those kinds of things, but, like, why should I stifle who I am as a person in my whole entire existence and, like, give you parts of it just because I'm so fearful of the world? Like, why can't I live as a whole human being? And I think that we share that kind of, like, experience across the board. Totally. And I think, um, like, another aspect of it for me and for a lot of people um, is, like, the cultural part of it, like, Mental illness is not recognized in a lot of cultures, right? Oh. It's not. It's it's like, especially like in Nigerian culture, it's a white thing. Mm-hmm. It's a weakness. Oh, you yes. don't have mental illness. You have a weakness that you need to work through. And it's like, it's an easy solution. Like, be stronger, right? Oh, yeah. Like... And I don't know. That's like, I grew up, I was, I've, I've known I was depressed since probably like, I think my first memory is like fifth grade, right? So like. All of this time, and it took me until college before I was comfortable telling a person. And then it took me until, like, a couple years later to actually get a therapist after my best friend, like, begged me to. Like, over numerous occasions. Like, the amount of things we would go through because of how depressed I was. And he was like, you have to see someone. You have to. And, like, he was the first person also that I knew who had seen someone before. Mm -hmm. So, like, he was, like, a trusted individual. And I remember being like... It's not going to help me. Like, I'm always going to feel this way. It's not going to help me. This is dumb. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Just check it off the list of things that people tell me to do so I can be like, ha, like, I did it. But, like, this is who I am to the core. And that was, like, after I, like, started seeing my therapist, like, it was, like, for the first session. And she was like, so I know you think this is a joke. Like, are you going to come back? And I was like, it is a joke but I'll see you next week. And I kept coming back. And it was, like, a few months later where I actually was just like, wow. I feel so much better. Like, I actually feel like I have the tools to manage this. And at that point, I think I was leaving KU, so I was leaving that particular therapist. And um, it was also like, okay, I could manage on my own, but also I noticed the benefits of having a therapist too. So it was, like, twofold. Like, yes, I'm going to keep seeing a therapist, but also, like, I know what to do when a crisis happens now. I know know how to prevent a crisis in so many ways. Like, it's not always going to be effective, but I know where to start. Mm -hmm. Um, And before that, it was just, like, me by myself, not telling any of my family members because I wasn't sure how. I knew what my dad would say. Um, I knew my mom would probably help me, but I also was just so embarrassed. And um, I didn't think any of my friends could ever possibly feel the way that I did. And, like, that was... Like after those like key people kind of helped me get to this realization that I'm pretty common. Like right. depression is so common. Depre- and um, and so I started like just talking about it with more people. And then I started writing about it in my poetry. And then I started performing poetry about it. Um, I started screaming at the internet about it. And like I just got messages all the time from people who are like, I have that, I feel that exact way. I haven't told anybody. I don't know what to do. I need some advice. I want you to recommend me to a therapist. I like just all of these things. And I would do one offs all the time. And I'm not even, I haven't even thought about it until right now about how many people I actually talk through a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Somebody reminded me about this on the internet the other day when I was having another meltdown. Like a lot of people have talked to me about this and it's helped them. Yeah. And, Like, I just think we should all talk about it because we can all help each other. Like, there's nothing special about what I'm doing. I'm just literally talking about the fact that I'm a depressed individual. And it's just, like, it's just a fact. It's not a bad thing. Right. And I think to kind of mirror the same, like, method that you went through, which was beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, And thank you for sharing. Um, But, like, 
I think when I was going through, like, childhood, my mom, she was, like, trying so hard to, like, get me to get where I was at. But I would, like, blow up. There was so many things about, like, the fact that my dad wasn't present. And, like, I remember being, like, when I was five years old, recognizing that everybody else had two parents and I had one. And I thought it was weird. I was like, I'm cool. I got one parent. But then, like, when I started getting normalized in school and them saying, like, Oh, like, where's your dad? The reason why you act so feminine is because of your dad, dad not being there, you having a single parent. I, like, internalized all of this stuff, and I didn't realize how much this had affected me until recently in therapy back in Lawrence when I was 23 years old that I'd been harboring these feelings since I was five and that my five-year-old self was like, I just wish somebody would love me who was a masculine figure and didn't, like, punish me every single time I stepped in the room. But anyway, that was the beginning of, like, This spiraling of, like, I don't feel cared enough about, I don't feel like people love me unconditionally, like it can be stopped at any point, people leave all the time, I don't know what to do, and that was when my depression and anxiety, and then later on in life, PTSD, because of the kind of relationships I would put myself in, were like so so present Mm -hmm. and so it was hard because it was like I went to I started seeing therapists when I was 12 and my mom was like you can do this but my mom tried so hard not to put me in those things because from the military's perspective if you start seeing therapy that means that you're not cognitively cognitively like prepared to do this kind of work like Mm -hmm. you can't work in the military field and that's where my mom was like pushing back on me of being like, you can get through this on your own because if you don't do this, this is the kind of work that you can't get. There's no possible way that you could do these things or stuff like that. And since stigma has gotten a lot better and like if you're a military personnel, there's a lot of PTSD and stuff that goes into that too. Mm -hmm. But like now that's gotten a lot better, it's became less stigmatized and my mom recognizes that like that's not big of a deal. But then it was like I had internalized it by that point and I was like, I don't need a therapist. I don't have to have one. And that was when ideations of suicide and stuff like that which like trigger warning oh my god but like all of these things like started happening and it was all because of like things that just because I wasn't talking to anybody about it there was Mm -hmm. nobody I could talk to about it and even when I got to it with my excuse me but my with my therapist they just I would stop talking to them like they'd be like well maybe it's because of your identities and which was like something we'll get into about like how identities really affect like mental health but like They'd be like, it's your identities. It's like you're not being able to express yourself. You're not feeling safe enough to do these things. Like I was like, well, I feel like it's more. And there's things that yeah. I'm like mad about and nobody isn't listening to me. And I didn't know that you could break up with your therapist. Oh, break them up. Like <laughs> <laughs> Nobody told me that you until recently. To. And I was like, you you can leave. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't have to be like you have to, don't have to keep seeing these people. Yeah. And it was like now I'm like. Up here, I have Dope Bomb Therapist. She's super cool. Yes, and shout out to Dope Bomb Therapist. I also have one here. Yes. It's like, uh, God, she's just so amazing. But it's like, I'm working through trauma with therapists that I had before and telling her, like, this is what happened with my last therapist. She's like, yeah, that's not helpful. Why? How does that make you feel? I'm like, I don't know, but I feel like I could have gotten through this easier if you would have been there. Right. And it's so wild to me because... Once I got here, I was like, I have to find a therapist. I need to make sure that my insurance covers some therapy. It's got to be cheap. It's got to be, like, like, f- like capable of happening because that's a huge um, boundary, blockage. What am I thinking of? It's Obstacle. a word. Obstacle. Obstacle that you have mm-hmm. to work through, and that goes 
kind of in the like we'll just jump into it like identities and like different mm -hmm. oppression oppressions and steam things that stop people from getting therapists or help with medication or anything of that nature is that you have to have money you have to have money but or, also uh, like this is what really bothers me because you also have to have access because and I was just we talking about this at work the other day like even if you provide health insurance that hopefully covers mental illness, right? Like, even if that's the case, is there one in the area that your employer can go to? Or is it that they have to take a day off? Which, like, do they have, en like, do they have enough time off to be able to take a day off to go to their therapist? And if you're going to a therapist once a week, like, I have to go once a week because, like, that's, like, that's my maintenance. So if I don't go once, like, if you are, have to take a day off every time you have to go once a week because maybe your therapist is, like, an hour and a half out and that's, like, a day for commuting, like, that's just... It's just not okay, and that can keep somebody from like, keeping a job, even if they had one in the first place. Like, it's just, I don't know, there's a lot of issues with that. So whether you can afford a therapist, which is just messed up, you have to probably have insurance if you want to be able to go regularly. Right. And then, like, where they're located. And then let's talk about, like, if you don't identify with your therapist. Like, <laughs> you can break up with your therapist, and I fortunately have had, I, I've had good, um, I've had good therapists, I would say. Like, my first therapist was a, a middle-aged white woman, and... There was no way we were going to relate on a lot of things. But when I went to – oh, actually, that was not my first therapist. That was my second therapist. Um, but when I went to this therapist, I was at a point where, like, I had moved to New York with this big idea in mind of what I was going to do. And I was it was very, like, structured. Like, I knew exactly what I was going to do to be successful and, like, have my dream job. And it was all falling apart because – what I thought it, the experience was going to be was not the reality. Mm -hmm. And as I was realizing that that was a world I did not want to get into, like I didn't know how to control how I was going to feel about it. Like I was like, oh my God, you're, in a, you're a complete failure. You're the person you've always thought you were. Since you were in fifth grade, you're a complete, like useless, horrible person. And I'd spent like a couple months in New York kind of just like hiding and pretending like I wasn't hating the experience. And then I came back to Lawrence and pretended like I wasn't back and hating that experience and not existing. And so when I was going to therapy, it was as I called my mom and I was like, mom, I can't do this. Like I won't survive another day if I live like this anymore. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you need a therapist. So at that point she put me in contact with this therapist and it honestly I didn't really need someone to, like, to identify with. I just needed somebody to give me the building blocks to get out of that mindset. Right. And as soon as I got out of that emergent mindset, I was able to look for then a black woman therapist <laughs> who like, was the coolest person. I wanted to be your best friend, but that wasn't going to be acceptable. She was my therapist. <laughs> but she understood me. And it was like, I didn't have to start from square one when I talked about being gaslit because I noticed something that happened to me that was definitely anti-black woman. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to be like, and this is why I think that. And these are all the resources that I could offer you to make you understand why I think. Like, it was like, this happened to me. And she was like, wow, that's racist. Wow, that was because you're black. Wow, that's because you're a woman. Like, now that we already know those things and we've named them, how are we going to get through the experience oh and gosh. not spend the hour of my good money trying to convince somebody else that it has happened to me because I'm a black woman. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I, like, I don't know how to explain to people. Because right now I have like 
a white woman as a therapist, which is like like, (laughs) extremely different because she like started off the therapy sessions with like, how do you want me to approach this? And I literally told her, I was like, I cannot teach you anything. You need to come to the table with information. Do not make me educate you while I'm here because I'll get mad. And then I won't tell you that I'm mad. And then when I stop sharing with you, you'll recognize that. And then you'll be like, Isaac, why aren't you open up? I'm like, because I had to explain to you who James Baldwin was and I'm mad about it. And so that was because of my previous therapist and previous therapists before that where I was teaching them about like identities and like what I wanted to identify as and why it took me so long to like get to a point where I was like, I identify as queer because I like am attracted to everyone. And then they're like, well, are you sure you could just be bisexual? Like trying to name me for who I was. It was like a mess because I was in a space where a lot of people weren't willing to be educated at the time. And I was in Oklahoma. So it wasn't like they were like up and hip on everything. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I hated therapists. Therapists never worked. And then the next thing I know, like, I'm, I've am i been, like, committed before. And so, like, those experiences where I was like, I don't trust these people. Like, mm-hmm. I ended up in a state hospital. I wasn't supposed to be in the state hospi- hospital. But it was terrifying because they, like, that experience made me think that I was somebody who's experiencing schizophrenia. And, like, no problem with people who's um, experiencing schizophrenia. But, like... Like, to the point that I have to be in a state hospital where I'm supposed to be locked up for the rest of my life. When it's really, like, there's situational things that cause me to be triggered. And that causes me to have depression and anxiety. And that makes things spiral out of control. And that doesn't mean that, like, I have to be heavily medicated because it's about coping and stuff like that. And, like, recognizing what I'm asking for and not telling me what I need is, like, a big thing. And so, like... Those are experiences we've had with therapists that were not positive. But there is Uh, positive things that happens with therapy. Yes, there are so (laughs) many positive things. Honestly, like, my therapist right now, she's dope. She... It was like, you know, I'm just like, when our, in our, the intake meeting, she was like, I'm going to call you on stuff. I was like, yes. girl, like, honestly, you're not going to need to call me on anything. I've been through the therapy game before. I know how it works. I know what I'm working on. I had goals. Like, I entered into this space, like, in a good state of mental health, thinking, like, I want to tackle some issues. Like, it was really where I want to dig deeper into some stuff that, like, I know that I have problems with, um, like, relationships with men. But, like, so, <laughs> so I was like, this girl doesn't need to call me on anything. And I'll go, I'll go into like each session. Like this happens every time. And I'm like, this is what happened. And it means this. And I know it's because of this. And it's based on this. And so obviously it means this. Like it's like I have this formula. And then she's like, girl, is that really what it means? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what you think? And then she'll say something and I'm like, oh, she's right. I totally just accepted that as the story for what my life is like. What in, what in the world? Like, I've, I've like internalized all of these like self-deprecating, hateful things about right. myself. And I'll walk out of a situation where it's like, someone bumped into me on the bus. And I think they hate me because I'm stupid. I'm obviously stupid. And they could tell. I wasn't carrying enough items to make me look like a smart individual. Like it'll do, it'll like I'll make up these stories and she'll be like, "But is that what happened?" And I'm like, "Oh, right. Like actually that's not a no. Maybe okay. You're okay, yeah. Yeah, I am smart. Yeah, you're right." <laughs> she just flip everything and I'm just like, "I need someone to give me these like these honest facts and like help me see the things that I'm not seeing because my life has been colored by pretty like traumatic negative experiences and I'm carrying them with me and that's how I perceive the world like a good amount of the time especially if I'm just not in a happy mental space no it's like yeah I have like the same kind of experience with my therapist because it's like I'll like tell her 
Like, for example, this last Wednesday, I was like, somebody called the cops on me because my a car alarm was going off and I was trying to get in my car. And I was like, oh my God, like, I need to get in my car, like the car alarm. And I'm like panicking because my car alarm is going off and the police yeah. pop up. And they're like, sir, are you breaking into your car? I'm like, this is my car. <laughs> and like, I had to like explain to him, like, it was like such a traumatic uh, event. But by the time I got to therapy at 12 o'clock and that happened at like seven, I had like, I was like in therapy, like, Oh, yeah. And like, yeah, you know, it was my fault because like, you know, my key fob battery was dead. And like, you know, being a black person in America, you just should expect these things to happen to you. And like, you know, it's just normalized. I should make make it normal. And my therapist was like, fuck that. Like she straight up was like, fuck that. And I said, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you know? I'm like, you're a white woman. You wouldn't understand. Like, you don't understand my experience. She's like, nobody should go through that. I'm like, huh? <laughs> like what? It's That's like true. It's like these things that you internalize and you think are normalized, mm-hmm. and they're not normal. But you don't say that to regular people on the daily. You don't no. like, oh, yeah, that's normal. Like, I'm used to going through these things. And, like, these are things. Like, I could probably say that to Nadia, and Nadia's like, that's not normal, that's not Isaac. Normal. And I'm like, mm, girl, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm <laughs> right. it's like, but my therapist is like, no, that's not normal. And you need to, like, understand that's not normal. And, like, you need to write down why you think that's not normal and what is normal for you. And I'm like... I never wrote down what I thought was normal in my life. That doesn't seem real. Right. And, like, it's just, like, these tools in this toolkit and, like, especially being somebody who, like, works with, like, people and, like, does this kind of, like, therapeutic aspect, too. It's, like, I tell people things that I don't even believe in myself all the time. Yeah. And I'm just, like, these are the tools and things that you need to do. And it's, like, really easy for me to be, like, oh, yeah, that's their problem. And I can, like, see it clearly. And I might have the same exact problem and be, like, I can't do that. Right. That doesn't make any sense. I'm Oh, fine. totally. Totally. It's interesting. It's like, and I was thinking about this as you're talking, like this concept of self-talk versus like talking to a therapist. Like we'll go through experiences. Like I'm trying to think of something where I'm just like, oh, this is clearly what happened. And I'll say it out loud to Isaac. Like, wow, what, like, what a dummy or something. Like I'm so stupid. And then Isaac's like, Mm, that's a normal thing that normal people would have done in that scenario. It, like, it's just like, I don't know how we walk away. Like, we would never say that to someone else. Somebody tells you a story, you're not going to be like, wow, you're a dummy. No, like, not I, at all. Because that's just not true. Like, it's not even that we're trying to be nice. It's just not true. <laughs> so for us to go to such a negative space for ourselves, and like I like like a lot of people do it. I won't say everyone does it because I don't know that, but in some ways everyone does it. Like we kind of just like have these like self-deprecating and for some people it's really, really rough. Like I go in on myself. I am <laughs> I am not mean to anybody like I'm mean to myself. And I try to I try to tell people, I'm like, trust me, you have like I have no room to judge you because the way that I will judge myself, like it is it's a horror story up there. <laughs> And therapists, like, they can get you out of that mindset. Like, they can walk you through things forever. Like, I'm always going to go to a therapist because no matter what, there's always, like, this, um, like, first, like, my first thought is something that isn't helpful. My first thought is me jumping to a place that's not helpful because that's learned. But then, like, your therapist can help walk you out of it. And even if you're walking yourself out of it, your therapist can, like, reveal something that you weren't thinking about. Um, and it'll help you cope the next time something triggers you. It'll help you um, get there faster. And that's, that's the okay. goal. Like, it might never go away, but it'll help you get to a better place faster. Yeah. And I think that's really real, especially because, like, when you don't have those tools and those things that, like, I give to kids all the time when I'm at work. I'm like, well, if something happens like this, you know you, you can walk away. You can do this. You can do that. Like, what's your coping skills? What's this? I literally have to, like, sit down and remove myself from my body and be like, Isaac, what are your coping skills? Yeah. And I'm just like, 
What are your coping skills? Let's talk about that. <laughs> and so, like, for me, like, personally, I make sure that everybody knows what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And, like, of course, like, that's vulnerability and that's hard and that might not work for everybody. But that's my number one thing is, like, I am going through something and it's real. And if somebody on Facebook tells me that it's not okay, maybe it's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, that easy, like fix for me is like having those comments and like yeah sure like instant gratification for like things that are you're going through is like not like a long-term effect but it's helpful right. in the moment it's helpful mm-hmm. when somebody's like isaac what can i do for you what can i do i never know what people can do for me but i feel validated when somebody asks me what's going on what can i do for you right because you can't believe that nobody loves you and nobody cares about you when people are showing up and telling you that they love you and that they will do things to care for you exactly like when I'm like in crisis the first thing I do is like first I call my mom because yes. <laughs> like call mom Same. she's gonna be like and th- my mom she's very like like rational she's like gonna come up with action items yeah because I remember talking to you about this and yeah. you said that you call your mom and she'll like ask you if you've like worked out like yeah. on running. Because I know exactly. that helps you. Yeah. And so she'll, like, ask me my coping skills, basically, in, like, this very, like, tangible way. And I'm like, okay, I could do those things. The next thing I do is, like, I'll text Nadia and I'll text Javon. And I'll be like, this is how I'm feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll be like, okay, that sucks. I'm sorry. What's going on? How can I support you? And that's all I need. Like, literally yeah. for that, I can, like, navigate and figure it out on my own. Now, if I spiral, sometimes I won't do that. <laughs> Like, if I just yeah. kind of let it go for a little bit too long. But then it's, like, more of, like, how am I going to get out of this? How mm-hmm. can I get out of this? And just staying in that mindset of, like, this is not going to last forever. You can get to tomorrow. Your mind is beating you up. So they beating your ass. They dragging you to the street. Your Dude, hair is gone. <laughs> like, it's so bad. Like, I think about it all the time. I'm, like... Those memes of, like, somebody getting beat up and, like, all of the things. is like, your depression and anxiety and, like, the fact you're not eating and, like, the fact you have no money. I'm into anxiety right now and I'm Mm going to choose not to. It's it's way worse than to me. It's just not. It's not okay. I haven't had anxiety for as long as my depression, so maybe that's why it's still brand new. (laughs) Years later, it's still brand new. But, like, but coping skills. Coping skills are important. The first thing I do is call my mom, too. Different purpose. (laughs) I call my mom to tell her the real story. <laughs> like, mom, this is what's happening. I'm sobbing. This is what's happening. Why does it have to happen to me? Like, it's like this, like, my mom will let me have the sob story that I need. Like, I'm not going to bring it to anybody else because I like to be a baby at the beginning. And oh, my yeah. mom is like, I've seen you as a baby. <laughs> I will put up for, like, with it for the rest of my life because I know. So I'll just, like, I'll just be like, this is what happened. Why is this happening to me? Why is the world so cruel? Why, 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 why? Mom answers the question. She's great. Then she's like, did you take your B12? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah. She's like, that'll help. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, what about water? You drink water? Have you eaten today? It's like, yeah, you know me. I forget to eat all the time. She's like, maybe you order something. Maybe you have delivery. Maybe it's takeout. Mom's real because she knows I'm not going to cook. Oh. And so she's like, You're right. I'm going to let you get delivery because she knows I also have financial anxiety just like in me all the time. So she's just like, today you can go ahead and order something. Like get delivery. And I'm like, mom's always right. I'm going to do it. And so that's my first like, she gives me like these like really like, easy first steps and then I could probably text Isaac (laughs) because I can be real with Isaac and just be like listen I can't do this (laughs) and usually it is that like that's the phrase like it's just like that's what I'm going to explain I can't I can't do this I can't deal with this it's not gonna so like 
it's just like I'm also I'm like you in a lot of ways. Like it's like I just need to tell people exactly tell people and have them kind of just like ground me, and then it goes into like. I just need to go to yoga a lot. Like, I just need to. I need to be in that space. Usually I'm going by myself when I'm like that. So I'm like, I'm just going to go to these classes for myself and just be like, be in like heat and just like sweat it out and stretch and get a workout and just like, I don't know, afterwards it's like I just feel like cleansed and then like eating regularly, like cope by eating regularly. And if you can eat vegetables, like, Girl, get your vegetables. Get your vegetables It'll feel man. good. Drink a lot of water. Um, go to your therapist, even if you have to have an emergency session. Like, mm -hmm. I'll text my therapist and be like, it's on. We need to do it. And she'll be like, do we need to get on the phone? Should I find an appointment for you during the day? Like, you know, use that. That's your resource. That's what that's what she's there for, he or them. Like, that's what it, it's there for. So, like, use therapy. Um, and then what are some other coping? Oh, like, yeah. Being with friends. Being um, with friends. Like being around people who know you and can be with you when you're not at your best. Because yeah. like that's those are specific friends that like you go to. Like I'm not going to choose to be around like certain people when I'm not at my best. Right. And that's like really big for me. Um, like I go running, exercising. That's not for everybody. Exercise like. Take a day off of work. Do oh it. God, Take the day off of work. <laughs> be in your bed because you don't want to get out. You don't have to. You be have in to. your bed because you know what? Surviving is the most important thing. Be in your bed. Take the day off of work and um, like being mentally ill. Or watch like Gossip filmed. Girl. I can mess up a like episode. I watch anime like it is like my lifeline when like, I am not. I don't even. Well. I don't oh, even care. God. Watch something dumb. Like, oh, watch something, that, watch, like, the, I don't know, 20th season of Grey's Anatomy. There's a lot of seasons. You could Look, pick one. But don't watch something too heavy that's going to keep you there. Because right, I I'm messed not... up and did that one time. <laughs> Sometimes you got to skip episodes. That's yeah, what like, that's what TV that series are about. Like, if it's getting scary, you just got to skip. Like, do, Ooh, do something. Like, yeah, just give yourself the permission to be. That's, like, a the biggest coping mechanism. If you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, if I could just do this or if I could just do that, do that. Mm -mm. Just do that to get through. Like, if I could just right. do this and feel better, I'm like, choose the thing that you want to do. Just and I mean, choose it. they heard us at the beginning. I literally was like, I'm just trying to get my basic needs met yeah. right now. Yeah. Because that's just how it goes. And that's how it goes sometimes. But, you know, we have to keep going. We have to keep going. So There's so much good to keep going for. And, like, just because you're feeling bad does not mean you don't recognize that. Yeah. <laughs> and if anything, like... We, I like to radiate love. I know Nadia likes to radiate love until somebody tries us and then we got to radiate some hate. But, like, that's not really hate. <laughs> it's more of, like, you don't get oppression and now I got to fight you. So that's different. That's not really hatred. It's more of, like, we're trying to hit you with some knowledge with our fists. We're getting off track here with I know. the messaging. I know. I'm trying but really hard true. to But it's true. I mean, it you're, around. like, we're not, we're not always <laughs> radiating our best energy exactly. when people come for us like this past week. <laughs> My energy's a little bit like it's wavering. It's, it's wavering. wavering. I'm trying to bring the best energy that I can, but also I'm trying to be on the couch without pants on exactly. and just be. Be. Mm. Well, I think that's I think that's where we're at. I think that's like that's all we have to say for now. It'll yeah, come up for again. Now. It'll probably come up. I mean, like like we said, like mental health is a everybody every day kind of thing so and we haven't even gotten into anxiety, anxiety. and that is just a fun <laughs>
topic because it's a wacko. <laughs> It'll take you out. <laughs> It'll take you on a journey that you could have yeah. never imagined. Yeah. But anyway. Shoutouts. <laughs> Shoutouts to people who also experience anxiety and depression. It is the rough, the roughest experience, but we're in this together. And, you know, if you need any kind of help or support, I'll make sure to put some stuff in the, like, below sections that involve, like, um, like lifelines, stuff like that you can reach out to specific to, like, identities and stuff like that because that's super important mm, to be, yeah. like, affirmed by the people who you are like. But, um, yeah, I think that's all we got right now. So we just go move on to the next segment. Let's do it. Who made the greens? Um, the person who made the greens today was the beautiful human Cody Charles. We know he's just going to keep coming up. Exactly, because the beautiful human Cody Charles is the beautiful human Cody Charles. Listen, y'all need to go and support him on Patreon. Oh, yes. Do we'll we leave a the... link on the—I don't have the stuff in my mind at this moment. All right, because he's offering some really valuable resources, um, and you need to get your hands on it. Like, you can just— subscribe to do five dollars a month which is a really 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 small amount that you probably you could probably give up that like pumpkin spice latte that nobody needs to be drinking anyway and give it i feel attacked (laughs) (laughs) and give it to cody charles because listen a drip coffee is like two dollars you're right and it's the coffee you deserve to be drinking don't put that sugar in your body I'm just kidding. I love sugar. But like, <laughs> I don't put sugar in coffee. I don't put sugar in coffee. The point is, there is a little bit to give to Cody Charles because Cody's always like offering a bunch of resources for free. Exactly. And he, he does oh, not God. need to be doing that. You need to be paying him for all of the work, the hard work. Exactly. And Cody is my femme toy. He's one of the people who I look to when I'm in crisis, when things are going bad, when I need to know what my next step is. Like, Cody will pop up, give me advice. And honestly, like, I've I've tried so hard to be like, I need to support Cody when I get financially prepared and stuff like that. And I know, like, even this, like, message, what we're doing right now is, like, not as much as I want to give to this human because he gives so much to the world. I just know that y'all can give at least $5 or even more to Cody and his Patreon. We'll leave a link in the the thing. I think I made a Facebook post about it on our page and my own. And Nadia shared it, too. We were, like, really out here. like y'all because we live for Cody Charles. Cody Uh. Charles is, like... I mean, we're going to get to the listener question, but one second. Cody Charles. <laughs> Cody Char- I just said that like somebody was scooting us out of the studio. Like, we're going to get to it. You're not going to cut me off. Like, I'm going to let you finish. But. Okay. But Cody Charles is like one of my best friends. Truly one of my best friends. Whenever I go back to Lawrence, Cody makes the time. Even if it's like I pop in for a second because like I didn't tell anybody I was coming. And Cody makes the time to see me and listen to me and just like, just listen to me. Like, honestly, that's. That's the kind of space that I need, and that's what Cody always provides. And on like, on the internet, Cody provides just so much, mm-hmm. so much, so much space, so much labor so that much. he does not have to do. And yes, so I, Cody made the greens. About it. Cody but he made, made the, the greens. greens. He made the greens. Hold on. Oh wow, there's emotion. Okay, let me tell you what Cody asked us. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to give Isaac the time I and space that he needs. I care about Cody so yeah. much. Yeah, and he can have oh, that time. Man. That's like fair. So, um, Cody asked us, 
what's your favorite television show? And I'm yeah, just he gonna, asked us a lot of questions. I'm just gonna say, oh really? Okay, that's the one I have. That, that's um, the only one we're gonna answer because he asked us a lot. Wow, okay, I'm like, gonna read those later. Um, and mine right now is insecure. Girl, my time. I know. <laughs> like, I knew that's why I said it quickly first because I didn't want to be like, oh, me, me too. Wait, I, that's not what you sound. Okay? <laughs> and this is why we need to talk about it. So there's about to be some insecure spoilers, and y'all just oh. gonna have to get over it. Yeah, please, please. Maybe we'll say something before we post this episode because, like, I don't want to ruin this experience for any more people. But like, <laughs> we're about to talk to about insecure because I did it to you, and I didn't know. I didn't know, and it's not my fault. And I would just like to preface it with that, but I'm also gonna give you the space to explain what happened because it was truly. Awful. So this is the thing. Nadia expects me to watch every single episode of Insecure the moment it comes out. Before which me. Which is fair. Always before me. Which is so fair. <laughs> so that when I'm you, ready to talk about it, you're you're available with notes. I just exactly. expect this. I take notes. Yes. I take notes. And the thing was, was like, this expectation was there, but I don't know why I didn't watch it. It was like, we missed Melanin Monday where we watch Insecure together. Yeah, and we so tired. We were just tired and we were going we through were a lot. We were sick. We were mentally depleted god it was so bad and so we i like didn't know why i didn't watch it till friday or though it was thursday and it was like a group of black women around me talking about insecure and then all of a sudden it clicked i didn't watch the episode oh god i'm so sad that you actually (laughs) had to experience that in that moment because there's nothing worse than getting around a bunch of people who you know is gonna enjoy talking about your favorite show and you haven't watched the last episode that's like my own personal form of hell. Right. Like, I just want to contribute to this conversation, but I haven't seen it. And what if they say something? And I was the one who said something to spoil it for you. No. But anyway, Insecure is amazing. The the only thing that I want to talk about is that the recent episode, Issa made this, like, like, impersonation of another character, Kelly. And it literally went, like, it's like, oh, you know, Kelly be like... Only she just always be in an interview. Kelly does not sound like Kelly that. Kelly doesn't sound like that. I can confirm. At all. Mm-mm. But that is exactly the same way Natty describes the way I talk I to everyone. <laughs> don't know why this happens. And honestly, when I watched this episode, I felt like somebody who finally gets me. <laughs> like it just, before I know it, it escapes. My body, like most things. I'm just like, and Isaac was just like, and it's just like, how has he ever sounded like that? (laughs) Never in all, I know this, never in all of his 24 years of beautiful life has he sounded like that. But in my head, it doesn't, it's not even like he sounds like that in my head, but when it comes, when I translate, it's bad. And I felt like when that happened, I was like, Issa, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. That is what our friends sound like (laughs) it's so bad but the thing about insecure and like the most important thing about it is is that it's relatable television so relatable as much as i am not a black woman the ways and things that they talk about the like episode from season one where molly was dating this dude and then finds out that he's like into men too and then all of a sudden she can't date him no more i was like i'm that dude and that's fine like, I was just like, dang, that's me. Like, yeah. that's wild. And, like, I like who would have thought that I would find some relatable content in Insecure like that? But there it was in season one. Right. Like, we all know that, like, Daniel's the relatable ex that, I, like, all of my exes, not just one. Mm-mm. Let's be very clear. No. <laughs> Shout out to Daniel's out there. Exactly. I generally get in relationships with you. 
And mm. I just like, it's nice to see someone else navigating it. It's hard. It, These people are trying to play us. But so they're hard. also, but the thing is, they make them relatable too. So they're trying to play us, but they're also just trying to figure things out. So you're confused because you're like, wow, I'm back in that relationship where I'm like the understanding person who's like, well, they're just going through some stuff. And then also... Nah, they're trying me too many damn times. And you know, and the thing about it is also is that like it's created such a huge black circle of community. Like black people watch very specific kinds of shows. Yes. We're talking about scandal. We're talking about how to get away with murder. We're talking about Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> We're talking about Issa Rae. We're mm. talking about um, what's that other black woman who does amazing? Ava DuVernay. Oh. Like we watch very specific people. Yeah. And when we watch it, we come back and we are angry about things. These are feelings that we have. It's like what Tyler Perry was supposed to do with us, but then we realized he was trash. Like he messed these up. were the things. And so Insecure is like one of those iconic ones for like millennials. Yeah. Because I can get and like recognize like in like not insecure. What's the name of that show? Oh my God. Scandal. Mm. Like I get it, but I don't. I have no idea what's going on, but I'm here for the drama. I'm always here for the drama. And so there's Constantly. that. And then, like, How to Get Away with Murder. I'm not in law school, but I feel like I could be at this point in time because how much I watch How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> I honestly feel like, yeah, I could support you in your case. Yeah, I could do really well. I could get you off murder. Mm-hmm. I think I could do it. And that's the thing. But, like, Insecure is like, wow, that's me, and, like, I'm going to defend it for my life. And, like, let's right. even go back to, like, a Melanin Monday discussion where, like, there was a person there who was, like, like standing for Daniel's actions, and I was pressed. Nadia was pressed. I wasn't going to stand for it. We could do. I remember at the near end of discussion where I was the only one left who would just, I kept pushing on. I brought up everything. I brought up the cum in the eye. I brought up. I brought up the, what else? I mean, there were just so many. There was a list of things. We were talking about like him showing up to like, the party where Issa was at and he knew that Lawrence was going to be right. there. Like, he was making decisions. He knew that he was sabotaging Lisa's situation. Lisa. Issa. Wow. Issa's Issa. situation. And, like, like all these things. And he how knew. he was just, like, being a trash human being. And then he also, like, just, like, was not trying to redeem himself. Like, he knew these things. And, you know, nothing. you do things in the moment. You do things in the moment that you do... Like, you make mistakes. We all do it. But, like, he never came back with growth. He never did. And it's just, like... Daniel, mm. yeah. you're obviously not use a fuckboy, okay? Yeah. You are. And I had to explain to this person who was standing <laughs> for him. I couldn't do it. And like I didn't make any movement. I didn't make any movement. None like as much did. as as we talked for man, it came up over and over. It was like we took a break, we came back to the army, and we took a break, we came back. And I was I was fighting for it like it was my life on the line. <laughs> because he was fighting for it like his life was on the line. And That's I remember right. it, it was like we were in that room and I was sitting there and I was like, I can see both sides. Mm-mm, no, I can't. It was like I, at a certain point I had to be like, there's a there's a line I can only cross and we're getting to that line. Mm-mm, I can't do this. I hate toxic masculinity. The only reason Daniel's the way he is is because of toxic masculinity. Let's unpack that. And maybe, maybe, maybe... <sighs> There's a reason you feel so passionate about defending him. Maybe we should just reflect, take a look inside. I just had a lot of feelings. There was a lot of things. And I just kept trying to like 
push it back on him. Like I wasn't trying to do the labor that he needed to do for himself. Exactly. So I just kept trying to push it back and ask some questions. <laughs> That's what we were doing. Self-exploratory <laughs> questions. It didn't work out. But the thing is, this is this is what insecure does. Like yeah. I will talk about it pretty much at any time. Like if you want to catch me and talk about it, I'll talk about it. I will talk about it. And like mm. I That's will probably explain to you why I'm Issa. <laughs> I can explain to you why I'm Issa. Yeah, which happens. we'll get into a little bit later in the can I get a to-go plate, but that's not the point. Mm, let's get a to-go plate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we do that, mm. I just want to let people know the reason why we don't even talk about Insecure as much as we want to is because there's this neat podcast with Krizzle and Fran. Krizzle from The Read and Fran from uh, The Friend Zone. And it's called Insecurity, where they recap Insecure. Yeah. And so if you are into listening to podcasts and you like watching Insecure, definitely check that out because it is hilarious. It's because good. it's what you're thinking. Yep. And they literally have two different stances on like how they feel about different people and stuff like that. So you'll get everything you need from it. You'll get all of what you would want to get from us and more. Yeah, it's black girl magic. And, and so more. you'll love it. It's so good. Ugh, it's so, so, so good. But anyway. Is that? I feel like that's satisfactory. We talked yeah. about one television show, but I think that's it. What's your favorite television show? Insecure. That's our t- favorite television show right now. Right now, we could um, get into more, but like that's a later date kind of conversation. Yeah, we got we got to save some time. Yeah, okay. but right. thank you so much, Cody. And yes. like we said before, please check out his Patreon. It's gonna be linked in the bottom. Yeah. And please go check him out. Okay. So, so <laughs> the to-go plate. The to-go plate. Is, we're talking about Daniel like we always do. Yeah, what's he wearing today, Isaac? Tell me. Daniel, Tell me some of your favorite parts uh, of his outfit. Daniel's outfit today, he has on corduroy jeans with a matching corduroy jacket. But you know what's the best part is that the corduroy is like this teal color. <laughs> it's like he came with a look. Yeah. Like corduroy, corduroy, corduroy on corduroy, it's like the... Like the denim, like Canadian tuxedo situation, but with corduroy. You know yes. what I'm talking about? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And it's like so good. I don't even know what brand it is, but I need to get it. He probably got it from a thrift store. And he's wearing this curious George like t shirt underneath yes. the jacket. Oh my gosh, yes. It's bright yellow. It's so cute. Yes. He is literally killing the color blocking game today. It's true. He's wearing this like bold lipstick. That's what yes. really honestly got me was that like the outfit was a look. And then he was like, I'm not going to stop there. I'm mm-hmm. going to bring a lip color that'll just, like, blow your socks off. What exactly. color is it? Girl, it's, like, a dark green stop with it. matching eyeshadow. That monochromatic look is in. It's <laughs> in two stunting. different greens in this outfit. No, he's stunting right now. And also, recently, he just got a septum pierced. I think he's trying to be, like, me. Maybe. Like, listen, I bring the bold lip and the septum. I think he was like, let me take a few notes. Let me come back. Like, he thought he did it the last time we talked about his outfit, but he was like, I can do more. Yeah. And he did more. I'm so proud of him. (laughs) I'm just so proud of him. I feel like one day I'm going to get on his level of being the best engineer in the game. The best engineer in the game. And... The best outfit fashion designer. A true fashion icon. I just, I don't even know how to describe him anymore. He's just the best. Yeah, he's it's overwhelming. Oh, God, it's just so overwhelming sometimes. So that's our little update on Daniel. Yeah. And so let's jump into 
what you guys could take home on the to-go plate. Yes, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about, honestly, this is what I've been thinking about a lot since this morning, is your rap career oh, of 2011. God. Like, let's talk about that comparison to Issa Rae. So let me tell you what happened. So this happened at an earlier podcast, and I was like, y'all, I have this, like, rap career. And I was talking to my cousin, fam Q who's a rapper back in Lawrence nice. she's amazing check her stuff out on um, SoundCloud I put a link in the bottom but um we were talking about it and I was like I have this like rap song it's called Track City that I did when I was in high school and it was like while I was running track and I was like super into it and I made this rap because everybody at my high school was rapping everybody was starting a rap career and I was trying to be a SoundCloud rapper like everybody else yes <laughs> and so <laughs> And you could have made it. I could have made it's it. It's that work ethic that really would have taken you over the edge. But you had other dreams. Let's just be real. You could have made it. It's so funny to me because it's like I forget it exists. And then I'll get on SoundCloud and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to check something. It's like in one of the like things for the table podcast. So I like liked it. And I'll like click on it. I'm like, I'm looking for a certain song. I'll see it. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm having a bad day. I should listen to this. Yes. And I listen to it. And I literally cackle for five minutes and then almost crash my car <laughs> please don't do that don't crash your car cackling that is a very funny way to go out nobody would be able to take that seriously no they wouldn't but the thing is it's like the iconic lines of me at the very end of it it's like track city in this bitch and then i'm like that was fun. Like, let's just talk oh, about how I ended the whole time. That was fun. That was fun. Like, it was like, this is a game to me. And I'm still better than all and you And you're hosts. winning. <laughs> you're winning the game with your drag city. Oh, God. It's <laughs> I just so love bad. that it was about track. Like, it was so It was about, about track. running. And Let I me, think that's, honestly, like, I would expect nothing less. 2011, Isaac, was very interesting. Because as much as I'm, like, culturally competent, and I, like, feel like I'm a social justice magician, not a warrior, a magician. I feel like I cast spells on these hoes that wow. make them realize they need to do better. But anyway, with that all being said. We'll talk about that <laughs> soon. <laughs> I was just like... Wow, like, this is so problematic. Yeah. I said my spikes were, so, like, fresher than your girlfriend's pussy, bitch. And I was like, Isaac, no, that's wrong. Honestly, <laughs> who were you? I don't know. You know what? We all, we all though, we've all said problematic things. That was seven years grow. ago. That was a long time ago. It was seven years ago. You were a baby. Oh, God. I had no, in the and picture for it, too. reflected that. You were a baby. But I was still better than all still of these rappers right now. Winning the game <laughs> is what I would say. And the fact that it was Direct City. Oh, my God. Oh, so many things. But you know what? You did Tiger Proud, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure. But anyway. So that was something that you can take in your to-go plate wrapped in foil. It'll be. To keep it hot. Hot. Because you know, you know you're going to, you know, <laughs> you're going to eat it later. Because you're yes. taking it home like to literally eat it when you get there. Exactly. Because you're hungry. And if you need some Tupperware, we got that too. We always got the Tupperware. You're right. But anyway, as always, thank you to Jack Straw. Thank you for holding this Cultural Center. Y'all are the best. Um, also, we're still working on things that we're going to be doing in the works. Yes. You know, like we said, 
We're in progress. We're yeah. working through some stuff right now. But it'll get there eventually. We got here. We did this podcast. Yeah. Y'all should be proud of us as we're proud for ourselves because yeah. we showed up today. That's right. I'm going to thank Isaac for showing up. I'm going to thank you for showing up. I'm going to thank Daniel for bringing the look. <laughs> and showing up. And showing up. Oh, gosh. Just appreciate this space and everybody in it. I love y'all. I love all of these hoes. Oh, and us. I'm a hoe. I was like, come on, that was implied. You're right. But anyway. That's it. We'll see y'all. Bye. Bye.